Welcome to Her and Boss, the podcast created by graduates to help young women find their inner entrepreneur. Hi everyone, this is your host Nikki and I'm joined again today by Nikita Kandwala. Nikita is a social entrepreneur, recent graduate and careers coach. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our main episode with Nikita where we talk about the pressures of finding a job after graduation, diversity in the startup space and how to take that first step in your side hustle. In this mini-sode, Nikita shares with us how to be unapologetic, confident and articulate in meetings, emails and work calls. If you enjoy this episode, then don't forget to leave us a review or follow. Hope you enjoy. Hi. Hey, Nikki. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Actually, do you prefer Nikita or Kita or... Nikita's absolutely fine. Well, I'm, I'm not fussy. I don't... I've never gone by Nikki, actually, so that's interesting. Really? But, but you chose Nikki and mm-hmm. I chose Kita. Do you know, I remember a point when I was like 12 years old and I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if people called me Kit or Kita, but then I just never mm-hmm. made the transition. So I've always been yeah. Nikki. <laughs> I tried to make the transition, you know, but actually, I think a couple of people have started calling me it. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I like this, actually. I quite like the name Nikita. So I just do. I love it. It's not, it's not often that you meet another Nikita. So this is quite I know. fun. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming on again for a mini-sode. Um, and one of the things we try and cover in this podcast as much as possible is the topic of confidence and how as young women we can exude more confidence throughout our careers. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts because you studied linguistics at uni. So what can the study of language and communication tell us about how we can actually present ourselves more confidently? For sure. It's a great question and I think it's such an important topic nowadays, particularly given that everyone's working from home and we have to kind of acclimatise to this new normal of um, working through Zoom. And it's already been shown that actually women talk very differently over Zoom than men do and behave differently. Um, But I think as women, almost every woman has experienced things like I have in terms of last year, for example, I was told by a male colleague that he was just going to dumb something down to explain it to me. I've been told to kind of sit in the corner and take notes rather than speak in meetings. Um, Stuff like this happens all the time. And I think it's easy sometimes or easier to think that actually... Um, the patriarchy is restricting us, which it is. But also, <laughs> I think that sometimes disguises an important topic, which is about how we undermine ourselves in the workplace and in our personal lives as well. And so studying one of the key motivators for me studying linguistics, actually, was my interest in the field of sociolinguistics, which is all about how identity um, affects the way we use language. So when it comes to gender, for example, there are a lot of interesting things that women do differently to men. One being the use of hedging, which is about how women use words like sorry or just or um, like or whatever that might be to kind of cushion what they're going to say. And they don't realize it a lot of the time. We never realize it. But what that's actually doing is showing that you have less confidence in what you're actually talking about when probably you, well, you may have less confidence in what you're talking about or you just have less confidence in yourself. But a lot of the time we can actually get around that and demonstrate the confidence that we do have and that we deserve to be shown in the workplace. And I think one of the, I guess, motivations for doing this mini-sode was an article I wrote a while back about um, Robin Lakov, a linguist in the 70s, who came up with a bunch of different ways, including hedging, that women let language manipulate them. 
And I think that's a really interesting way to put it because we often think that women are the ones who um, are able to kind of control language and mold it or people in general. But actually, as a woman, we've been socially conditioned in such a way to let language manipulate us. And I think that that is a real kind of issue that we need to address head on. Yeah, that's so fascinating, because even as you were saying it there, you kind of realise how it's such a chicken and egg situation. I mean, I've had times as well where people have said, you know, whether they said it explicitly or not, you can tell that they're trying to like dumb something down for me. Or if I say I've done something really technical, they're surprised that I, I knew how to do that. And then that makes me feel even less qualified and less worthy. And so I use words like, oh, sorry, just checking in or like, you know, could you clarify that when sometimes I don't even need to ask those questions. I already know what's going on, but I feel like I shouldn't or, you know, I'm not worthy enough. Yeah. And I think that's sort of exactly what you said. I just said sort of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that usually culminates in this flurry of I'm sorry's when you probably actually aren't sorry, but it's a really good, or you think it's a really good precursor to whatever you're going to say. And I think that means that, again, we don't feel as confident in ourselves, but also we project that onto the people we're working with. And so they think that they don't need to necessarily respect our opinions or our thoughts or ask for our opinions or thoughts when they should be asked for. So yeah, it's a really kind of toxic, um, self-deprecating linguistic technique that a lot of people have, a lot of women have internalized that I think, yeah, needs sorting out. Yeah, definitely. You know, I can imagine that being an entrepreneur and trying to get funding, if you're, if you get nervous and flustered and then start apologizing, then why would an investor or someone that you're trying to partner with take you as seriously? So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really self-restricting. But what are some practical tips and methods we can use to get these impulses under control? So I've got three practical tips to give and one book recommendation because I love this book and it's very relevant. Um, But in terms of practical tips, I think often when we talk about abstract things like how we use language and how identity um, reflects it, because these are things that normal people don't think about on a daily basis. We need to inject that kind of practicality in it to help ourselves and others. So the first thing I'd say, this is super practical, is to install a Google Chrome add-on, if that's the browser you use, called Just Not Sorry. And basically what that does is it monitors your um, written communication. So whether it's on Slack, whether it's on email or whatever other platform you use with your colleagues, it basically picks up when you say sorry and it says, do you actually want to say sorry here? Or are you just using this as a precursor and you don't really mean it or you're apologizing unnecessarily? And I find that I'm a lot more aware about the amount of sorries I'm using or the amount of hedging that I'm doing in a written context. Whereas when you're speaking, because you're thinking and speaking at the same time and you're not obviously looking back or hearing back what you've said, it's quite easy to not realize it. So I think if you first sort of analyze and try to correct your written communication with your colleagues, speaking will come naturally afterwards. The second key um, tip, I guess, is to find what I call an apology accountability buddy. Um, which is I love that name. <laughs> basically, it makes it a bit more fun, you know. But as we've um, talked about accountability before, Um, in terms of starting up and stuff like that. It's exactly the same thing. So I don't know if you go to the gym or you go for runs with your friend or whatever, but it's a very similar thing. You're more inclined to get up in the morning and go for a run if your friend is waiting at your front door. And it's the same thing. If you find a colleague who you're good friends with, who can pick you up on the amount of sorries that you say, 
and I don't know, just give you a little reminder or nudge every time you do it or a little forfeit, then you're going to internalize that actually over apologizing is not something you need to be doing. And over time, that will help you actually um, not do it as much. And this is one that I have personally implemented and has really helped me. So yeah, that's definitely a go. And the third one is also really, really simple to implement, I think. And that is about substituting apologies with gratefulness. So what does that mean in practice? Basically, it means that when you um, apologize for turning up late to a meeting or something like that, instead of saying, sorry, I'm late, you say, thanks for your patience or thanks for waiting for me. Um, And in whatever context that immediately shows that you are sorry, because that's in the underlying context of the interaction. But it also shows that you are in control of the situation and you're not sort of being self deprecating by saying that. I'm so aware of saying sort of now, it's great. (laughs) So those are my three practical tips for avoiding unnecessary apologies. And the book recommendation that I talked about is a book by this guy called Chris Voss. The book is called Never Split the Difference. Mm -hmm. And Chris Voss is an ex-FBI hostage negotiator. And you're probably thinking, what does this have to do with over-apologizing and being a woman? And to be honest, it doesn't have a direct relation. But what the book is about is the art of negotiation, persuasion, and human psychology and behavior. And honestly, the book has changed my life. And I very rarely say that about anything, let alone a book. And the point is that every chapter begins with a story about his time in his 30-year career, where he's negotiated with a kidnapper or a murderer or a hostage taker. And then in each chapter, he unpicks the techniques he's used to kind of communicate with them effectively, talk them down from doing something bad or um, radically reduce the amount that a hostage is asking for in ransom or something like that. And whilst obviously these are situations which all of us hope we never find ourselves in, the techniques he uses are really applicable, I think, to sociolinguistics and our use, particularly women's use of language in the workplace. So I'd really recommend it for more of a deep dive on um, this topic. Those are really, really helpful tips. I particularly love the last one because I think, in see, that this is my thing. I always say I think, even though I know, and this is my opinion, but in British culture, yeah. everyone is always so polite. And so it feels rude to not say sorry, yeah. but there are other ways to be polite. Exactly. And for me as well. So my dad is Malaysian. And so I was raised with this cultural um, atmosphere where young people respect their elders and you always have to like be respectful and they're kind of superior to you and so even in work where that is not necessarily the case or the culture I always feel like I need to be respectful and extra polite to people who are older than me so being able to be grateful instead of apologetic I think is a good one. 100% I think it's something we've all been through mm-hmm. but something that is surprisingly easy to fix gradually if you're willing to put in the time and I think you'll also see the effects that it has in the workplace over time because you'll start to project a confidence that wasn't necessarily there before and people will start to treat you with more respect, which is ultimately what we all deserve. Definitely. That's amazing advice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening and I hope you learned as much as I did from this mini-sode. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at Her Own Boss Podcast and subscribe to hear the latest on finding your inner entrepreneur.